What's up, everybody? Welcome to the EDM Podcast. This is a show where we interview artists, producers, and anyone in the industry of electronic music production who we think can help you make better music. My name is Aiden Russell, aka Artsy, and I will be your host. Now, as always, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by EDM Foundations. If you've ever wondered how some producers manage to make such good music after a short time, EDM Foundations might be the solution for you. You can fast track your music production journey by creating four professional level tracks over four weeks or at your own pace and understand the individual little details that go in to laying the foundation of your music production skill set. There's a lot of things that a lot of other courses look over and as a result you never quite understand the basics of production so if you're a new producer and wanting to dive into this head to edmfoundations.com where you can learn more now today on the edm podcast we have novador he is a producer dj based in la who has recently started a new project previously part of the bees knees project which has been a nice indie dance project he's been doing for a while whereas this one is just broadly focused on dance music and house music And in the interview, we dive into his background, we dive into the way he approaches making music, and he has a lot of very interesting things to say also on the industry side of things about how he goes about his visual uh, content, how he grew his Instagram, and basically just has a lot of fun with making fun videos that relate to his music. And I think a lot of producers and artists can get a lot of creative ideas for their more marketing and promotional side of things from this episode. We also dive into his latest and upcoming projects and a few ways he got involved in those. We also talk about his collaboration and sampling processes, which is really interesting if you want to listen to that there. If you like working with other musicians, lots of valuable insight here. So I'm not going to talk too much longer. Let's jump straight into the EDM broadcast 165 with Novador. Welcome everybody to the EDM podcast. Today we have Adam, aka Novador, in the studio, virtual studio. How's it going, man? Going amazing. Going amazing. How about yourself? Doing well, man. Yeah. Um, had had a coffee, so I'm buzzed for this interview now. Definitely got the fuel. <laughs> amazing. I'm totally yep. not buzzed. It's 7 p.m. I'm ready to <laughs> party and go out and let's do this. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea what I'm doing tonight, but. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> been a long day for you. I can imagine. Um, yeah, it's definitely been. Yeah, yeah. We we're chatting before. You had like all these plans and trying to align a bunch of stuff. So, can imagine, man. Yeah. Um, cool, man. So, I guess, uh, you know, you've you've kind of um got a few releases come out now. For those of you who haven't heard of you before, you make I would kind of say, like like really fun kind of funky house stuff i would say like uh, sample based house stuff it's hard to pigeonhole it um but yeah i really like your sound um maybe real quick do you want to dive in and explain what you would say your sound is yeah sure uh i i mean i would just categorize it as dance music because um yeah i would say some upcoming releases are going to be more uh in the darker lane more yep. i would say club oriented and then as well as I would say the song that's coming out on my forthcoming EP, Open the Novador, um, it's dubbed a uh, favorite. And that one is like almost like indie dance. So it kind nice. of, I, I, I just go for dance music, but I, I do yep. make a lot of house music as well. So yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. I like uh, keeping it diverse and kind of allowing yourself to try out different things is always good too. So that's awesome, man. And I guess, you know, you um from like your spotify and stuff seem to be you know a more recent entrant entrant i don't know if that's even the right word (laughs) onto the scene in some way um do you want to dive into your musical background a bit and you know how you i how you get got to where you are today i suppose yeah 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 um so it started off when i was a little boy no i'm just kidding but um uh essentially I had started out as a DJ about 13 years ago, a turntablist, scratch DJ. I would do a lot of hip hop and stuff nice. and playing a lot of nightclubs and open format things in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. It ended up getting to the point where I realized like, I really like making beats and music and I needed tracks to be in my sets. So yeah. it ended up uh, 
turning into one of those things where I was like learning production to to make edits and other things. And then uh, it kind of it kind of uh, swerved a little bit. I, I actually was a tour DJ for some rappers, uh, most notably Lil Dicky, actually. Awesome. Um, for, yeah, for uh, a bit, like when he first came out and was uh, hitting his tours, it was really great experience. Like seeing an artist like that, where he was multifaceted in media and in music as well. Yeah. Um, and I just really looked up to him, you know, in that. But um, I, at that time, actually had started another project. It went by Bees Knees. Cool. Um, and I would just release music independently. It was a duo at one point and then it turned into just me, but, uh, we just had a remix actually like go pretty viral for Robin thick blurred lines. And that was like the start of my production career, but it wasn't enough nice. to like take over my life. So I was still DJing a lot of nightclubs and open yeah. for open parties. I mean, I had a business I was doing, uh, weddings to quinceañeras to bar mitzvahs to Damn. 85th birthday year old birthdays to five year old birthdays like I had this whole I would just do everything um, yeah yeah but but um, yeah it just turned into this thing where bees knees ended up like taking off for a while and actually um you know touring all over North America um and that that was like really fun and amazing and got to work with so many cool artists and and tour with some awesome artists but uh it just ended up like not really being the thing that I felt like was defining me a hundred percent. And one thing led to another and I kind of slowed down um, with bees knees. And then really like I would say shortly after I just said, you know what, I'm going to start producing and writing for other artists and, and doing that whole thing because I really love making music and I just want to like expand and get better and really like, be better try to feel like i could be better than the the average person or like graduate from soundcloud to you know like writing songs that do do real numbers um so yeah i thought i could do that and i you know i it uh it's been awesome like i've been able to work with some really great artists some some ones i look up to uh to helping growing certain artists it's been growing with certain artists i mean like it's been amazing. So yeah, that's, that, that's, that's kind of like what led to that. And what particularly led to Novador was uh, I was working on a lot of different like musical projects and it got to a point where I felt like I wasn't like really like hitting my soul or like getting into my pocket. So it, it ended up just turning into one of those things where I was making music for fun and started making this house stuff actually um like mm. was the first song i ever made for the project um uh, nice. the first song i had released so that was really awesome um um to be able to put that out and and do that but but um that was really what kicked off novador and and you know i was just making records for about a year and a half two years uh for novador stuff before uh really like uh like getting signed with ultra and uh you know there were some awesome people it's actually happened around the pandemic when i got signed uh like i made my agreement with the ultra so mm. that was really cool because um i was like freaking out i had label certain label deals like fall through and i was yeah. like no and ultra was really staying there and sticking with me and they like saw this vision like where i want to do multiple things and uh, uh, besides just uh, music, like I love making videos and I, you know, I love collaborating with uh, those kinds of people. So that, that's, that's awesome. really awesome. But that's kind of how I got here in, in the short form of it. That's really interesting, man. I wanted to ask as well, like, did any of those, I guess, previous connections from the, the Bees Knees days help you with what you're doing with Novador? Or was it kind of like a ground zero in some ways? Um. In some ways, it was a ground zero because Bees Knees was like way more indie dance and slower yeah. and like very like groovy. Um, yeah. But it ended up uh, it was beneficial in the sense of where it's like I know people in the industry in the dance world because I would play uh, festivals or shows yeah. with them. And someone that's like still to this day that supports Novador now um, that's been like such a huge support of mine is Oliver Heldens, and awesome. um, he's like been such a nice guy and we just like really connected because we also have some mutual friends and um uh one of my my roommate nico the kid um he he's also really good friends with them and we have another friend throttle and i knew yeah. throttle from bees knees days and 
um then you know the list goes on of like just random people i like befriended when i was like 18 19 um and and just coming up through soundcloud with bees knees so it definitely helped in that sense um but but um to like actually establish your name and becoming an act and like an artist project in today's world like you either have to get really the that super uh co-sign with the specific label and they you know pump all that energy or or it's really like you know you're building a foundation with a label like i am with ultra like from the ground up and Mm. you know where you see where that that will end up going um and things like that but but um yeah it's it's interesting how did the um, ultra opportunity come around um i think my manager kevin was having a meeting with david and um i had known david because a remix I did for lose the child, uh, with bees knees, uh, perform really well. And, uh, you know, David and I have like had a relationship. I've pitched him other projects before. Um, but, but, uh, he really loved this, uh, David Waxman, sorry. Um, uh, shout out David Waxman, my A&R, but, um, <laughs> uh, uh, he, he was the one that saw the vision with the project and like the, the visual aspect as well. And, you know, mm. where I can go with this. So, yeah yeah um, that's cool man because that is definitely one thing i've noticed um is your visual aspect and the brand i guess associated with it and you know you've managed to build like quite a good instagram following for example already with your videos and you know i think you were doing like some like kind of remixes like reels type stuff if i'm not mistaken for a while like is that definitely a big part of what you're doing with Nobador? um yeah because i think a lot of artists don't do that and it could be something that helps them. So maybe do you want to dive into that side of it as well? Yeah. You know, I think that it's very helpful and to be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hilarious. I used to do this thing called Friday flips and I, and I still will do them from time to time. Um, But I did so many remixes hoping that one would like really go and catch off and would realize it like really just gained like these fans and these people that, that like them, but I actually didn't have any of them get officially released or, or whatever. But with that being said, it's almost like training yourself to to put out music and not care so much in a way. Yeah. Because um, not that you shouldn't care about your music, but it's one of those things that that uh, if you if if you don't put so much effort and like thought and you just do it and do it and like repetition and and putting up numbers. Um, like it's almost like an exercise, right? And mm. I like making videos and doing that stuff. It's fun for me. So yep. uh, that's just the added element. Um, I uh, I think I think people do benefit from that. Um, but I also, you know, sometimes you never know. Like some people don't have to post anything or like crazy, and they just post something and people eat it up. And and yeah. and you never really know. I I feel like there's so much to be said. Like yes, like promoting yourself and all that. Um, but I, I, for me at least, like doing these videos were almost a way to showcase everybody like, hey, like I, I do visual content. Hopefully you can then start to transfer over to my music videos and um, hopefully, you know, the shorts and other things I'll do in the future and, and you know, the music that I'll make for that um, mm. and, and kind of incorporating it um, just because, yeah, I, I think there's like we see now with TikTok. Um, music and video are like so synonymous right now like Mm. before you would experience music in like you'd be sitting with your friends just listening to a song now it's like oh my god this video and this song like time up right and it just like works cool and um you know even (laughs) there's so many funny videos with that like just model but it works you know yeah Um, so so i think it's something to be said like like music and video go go together super super well obviously totally i'm pretty sure like i actually haven't checked this as well but if you um like get your music in a reel or a tiktok or whatever i'm pretty sure you get streaming royalties i'm actually not 100 percent sure on that i think you can if you're monetizing your pages and you have that yeah. all set up for sure yeah um but yeah i you know it's one of those yeah it's one of those things where i i think there's okay there's like a fine line between like trying to monetize and like make every dollar out of everything and just yeah. doing it you yeah. know 
totally. and that's with being an artist. It's different when you're a producer and songwriter, in my opinion. Like, like, like when you're a producer and songwriter, that's your job. So you gotta like make sure you're like tight with that. But like as an artist, yeah. sometimes like the your biggest thing you won't make any freaking money from it. Nothing. Zero. Like, yeah. like just because like it gets you fame. Like I don't know. Just shit happens. Shit happens. Like, like that. Um, yeah it's it's interesting like you you can't predict you can put every bit of effort into hoping something does well but yeah like it can just at the end of the day like there's yeah. not a lot of control over over it you can do all the right things to tick all the right boxes but for some reason a song flops but then someone doesn't tick all the boxes and it blows up like it's yeah. just really hard dude i trust me i'm going through it right now putting out like certain music i mean like i'm lucky that i'm able to to make music for other people and and yeah. do that stuff um you know and like also have a supportive record label as well but 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 still it's uh it's one of those things that that uh i don't know uh it doesn't always happen like i i have a song that does better on one platform than another and you yeah. know you don't know like you just don't know you just it also sometimes songs take like a year take two years uh i mean mm. there's so many stories we can go on about what songs uh take off like because of a fucking tiktok or a meme like the uh the desperado song from anti um, yeah like is like it, it's insane um i mean go through tiktok like half these songs are like you know 10 years old some of them 15 yeah. 20 like who cares you know yep um, that's actually so true you know i was thinking about this the other day like i think like i would call it almost like your you know your music is evergreen in some ways like i think the music industry has been in this like release oriented like l perspective of like you know it's always about the latest release that this artist is putting out which it, it's always going to be like at least for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future it's always going to be you know and you do always need to be putting out new music in the modern music landscape or whatever but you have all these, especially if you've been like producing for years or you're an artist and you've been having a project for years, you've got this back catalog of music that, you know, a lot of people may not have ever heard of, even if, like new people discovering you haven't heard this old stuff. And one of those old songs could, you know, become someone's favorite song or could, as you say, blow up into a TikTok or whatever. Like there's a lot of potential there and it just doesn't always have to be the latest, newest thing that can bring that about, I guess. It's uh, encouraging. In no, ways, it's, yeah. it's, um, you know, in the producer writer world, like one, two, three, four, five percent of the songs you make, you know, come out ever. Yeah. And you write a lot more music as a songwriter producer for other people than you do as an artist because yeah. like just the artist has to, if you're, if you, I, if I don't know, like a lot of people I know, it, sometimes they, they only write 10 songs in the year, you know I mean? Yeah. They some people are prolific, you know, it just depends. But um um uh yeah, it's it's a it's a hard thing and you gotta kinda like recognize that even if you put it's not about the amount of effort, it's about timing. Like luck is a combination between timing and hard work, and that's when luck happens, is when it's like the perfect timing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it has to be like mm -hmm. in the feed at the exact right time. This person sees it, and then they happen to share it, and yeah, and then put or add it to this playlist, and then it's like, oh, that worked out really well. But if you got that like a, you know a day later, then it might not have ever happened. So it's just really hard yeah. to. I have a really hard to do. I have a an example of it. Um, I produced this song for this artist. Uh, her name's Blue to Tiger, and it's called Figure It Out, and mm. um. And it went like really viral on TikTok, like right. It was like the April it came out. And then in like May or June, it goes stupid viral. Mm. And last year, like at the beginning of the pandemic and um, that beat, I had started it um, like uh, uh, Blue and Sad Pony, um, this other producer, um, finished the, the record and like put it all together, like uh, with the arrangement and stuff. But I had like the main yeah. meat and potatoes. Yeah. And and um that beat i made for like this other pop artist her name's stella cole that i had been working with um with rca and mm. and, and um like 
she she tried to write it. They were at a writing camp, and I wasn't able to go for some I forget what reason. And then I had sent that beat to some other big songwriters to to write to it, and they couldn't get it. And you know that song sat on my hard drive for like three years, two years, or something. That beat, and I made it with yeah. this guy Alex Alex Gorshetsky, this a phenomenal bassist. Um, and awesome. and he like essentially I had this thing sitting on my computer, and I knew it was really good, but like. I just didn't give it away yet. And I just, I had an opportunity, you know, to like try to get it to another artist, but I just said, you know what, it'll happen. And I let blue, um, you know, finish it and take the stems and then they finish it off and do their thing. Like, like this song did so well for her and, you know, look where she's at now. And, and not saying it's just because of that song, like, you know, their team have done a phenomenal job with her. Um, yeah. but, but, um, just saying like that contributed cause, cause, you know, you had something with such massive, massive success where it brought all these other people listening to all her other music. And, and then, you know, that's what happened with that. I mean, she was also blowing up on TikTok at the same time. Yeah. And then the song did well with their campaign and, you know, all that stuff. Like it, like, I don't think if she put it out a month, like if she put it out a month before, two months before, like, yeah. I don't know if it would have done as well if she did it because like the timing of like how her TikTok was doing and, yeah. Um, like, I mean, I w- we were working together before she even had a TikTok. So we would make jokes about it. But yeah. my, and be like, who's starting a TikTok first? Like, like, because this <laughs> was like two years ago, you know, or whatever it was. Yeah. Two years ago. But, but, um, um, yeah, essentially, like, like, you know, I never knew, but I believed in that beat. And mind you, when it came out, it did have like pretty, you know, in the time frame of what we're talking about, like pretty big success, but yeah. it was very short. But um, that beat had like a whole life before that, you know. Um, that's I, crazy. I mean, there's tons of stories, but I just, you know, felt like that's like my personal experience, like recently. Yeah. Um, that I was like, damn, like that was good weight, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, totally. That's that's so fair. Like it can happen at any time. And yeah, if it just about, you know, figuring out, and, and you know, at the same time as well, it's like you know that that um like maybe the platform growth timing it with that when people were starting to using it use it a lot like that's a huge factor as well. Like, yeah, yeah, that's luck. That's where like yeah. the timing and like and not saying she, you know like she doesn't deserve it, but just saying no, that no. It, you know it's just timing is everything. And then when you capitalize on timing, you know. Mm. Um, there's definitely certain things I think back, like the reason why I kind of wanted to do an art, another artist project and like go off with it and, and be kind of like this character, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was yeah. because was because I never felt like I could express myself that way. And, mm. and, you know, like being always behind the scenes and, and is like, can be hard with that. I don't know. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. Like you've got to kind of almost play a role when you're especially mm-hmm. when you're involved with what else someone else is doing or something mm-hmm. like that yeah i see but, that but i learned a lot of things there that i could do now that i'm applying now and like like i like the way that it's you know going mm. obviously do i want more streams or do i want more of this or whatever but but it's like you can't just expect like straight up success you just can expect like hard work and effort you know as long as you're putting in effort you're yeah. winning like you succeeded like yeah dude like like these videos are on mtv and stuff and like those are my first videos i've ever you know like helped create like that these music videos and yeah. and that's they're all in rotation they're they're gonna be all in rotation and it's like what like like who you know i i just i i'm stoked about that and you got to think about just like maybe certain wins not everything like happening at once um mm, yeah um, it, it it's true man and yeah i think that's also a good timing thing for you as well like you know i was reading i think it was the other day like i think labels and artists in general like are starting to kind of diversify from like I think we've all been so focused on Spotify for like the last few years. It feels like, you know, like mm. everything. And, and it's still important. Like it's still probably, the, it's still the biggest music platform by far for artists, but like diversifying away from it and like figuring out how to use these other platforms and stuff like that. That's definitely something that's happening more and more. Like it's definitely, 
I, I was saying I was joking around with someone the other day. It's like soon music will just be like TikTok where you just like swipe between the next song and the next song and you listen to 15 seconds of it. Like it probably will yeah. get to that point, to be honest. <laughs> yep. I I mean, look that what do you think NFTs are? They're like 15, <laughs> yeah. 20 second songs that are getting coupled with art and then yeah. being sold for thousands of dollars. And then if you think about how much the artist is making off of that it's like a mil- over a million streams you know after paying everybody out like like yeah. it's it's worth it and you kind of like kind of changes your frame of reference from like what you want out of things right mm-hmm. like like is your goal like fame because if your goal yeah. is fame like you got to do certain things like i'm not saying i agree with that but but mm. if your goal is to make dope shit because you think it should be out there to impact culture you do that that's why i do me you know it's like i just think that like what can i contribute to society here like yeah like if i can do and i don't really do shit i make music like i can't not fucking helping people (laughs) and i am but 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 you know what i mean like like Mm. at least i'm gonna make some dope shit like for you guys like that's what i want to do like and entertain and i love entertaining and you know. totally man and yeah like you know for me personally like obviously you know i do this podcast help run edm prod with, where we like educate producers and stuff like that but and that's like something i love to do but for my own personal music like it's it's just about making the the music that i would exactly want to hear you know and i yeah. and I make drum and bass which is a very niche kind of yeah, genre yeah. of music which i you know it's not going to necessarily blow up huge but that's that's not necessarily that'd be cool if it happens but it's not necessarily like the coolest thing for me it's about like just making what i think is really cool and if other people like that then that's that's what matters at the end of the day right like yep. as long as it aligns with that goal that you've got yeah yeah and like you know i would say um um not everybody can be lebron james yeah <laughs> so true so true you know what i mean like like i i just not everybody can be that guy but you can strive to be that guy or Mm. girl or you know whatever like it you can definitely but but um not everybody's gonna get that and like i can tell you because i've seen people i've seen people go from sleeping on couches to you know mega stardom and or having hits hit records or other things like i'm i've just been doing this a long a, a long enough time now where like you know, you're not, your, your life can change, but, but, um, you can't just like expect that to happen. You got to be like working towards that yeah. and, and, and all that. I don't know. And, and yeah. it happens for everybody at different stages. Like everybody's journey is, is their own, uh, um, is their own and mm. things like that. You know, people also assume they want to be LeBron James as well, which may not actually be what they want. If they like looked deep inside enough, you know, like, I think that's the, you know, assumption for a lot of people. It's like, do you actually want to be that? Like, do you actually like want fame? Do you actually want that level of success in terms of like external success? You know, like maybe you don't actually, maybe you just assume you want it because it looks kind of cool. Like, you know, it's worth asking the question at least, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, think about it. They're putting so many shots up, like just the basketball reference, like Mm. he's, he's putting so many shots up every day, like practicing in the gym, like the, and you can't you can't equate entertainment and music now and now yeah. i'm going to totally back myself like like totally make a 360 or 180 with my view here but yeah. you can't equate now basketball though to music where you put enough reps in you're going to get a great result like sometimes you just don't have it like like right. I, I just that's my belief like sometimes one person whether whatever genre like sometimes you're just your taste is not good. And, and I'm not saying, you know, you know, you got to evaluate yourself and one person has to like sit there like, shit, am I, is my taste? Like, obviously you have to have confidence to be able to do any kind of music or entertainment. But, but sometimes like people, I think don't recognize what their strengths are versus their weaknesses and what they're actually good at. And they don't, they don't realize, and this applies to everything, but but especially with entertainment, like we were talking about earlier, which was like it's timing and hard work. And when you get that opportunity to like overcome or like succeed or like, you know, connect, then then that's where it kicks in the 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 shot formula, like putting up mm. enough reps. But 
putting up enough reps doesn't get you guaranteed. But like in basketball or in sports, like if you're a gifted physical athlete, you're going to have an easier time doing that. It's the same thing with taste. Like if you're more gifted in your taste, you know, like that's a huge part of it. Um, And Mm, that could aligns with what people want as well. Like, yeah, mm. like, like not like, yes, I mean, art is subjective, but what defines good art? Is it success or (laughs) is it what you think? And in today's world, money and numbers and success, that's what determines like the most popular, you know, I mean, yeah, or the best, you know, Mm. like, I mean, that's how it is in sports and people just look at everything the same, even though I don't agree with that. But, but that's yeah. like, that's like the reality of the world, you know, it is the reality. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, like the majority, even we do it with things we don't, aren't so invested in, like with music, we're going to have more empathy about it. But mm. with other things, like you probably have gone and seen a bunch of movies and then you're not like having an, like enough empathy for the movie so you're just like fuck this movie (laughs) like like i hated it like like you know uh yeah uh, but yeah it's super interesting super interesting topic that whole thing man um yeah i could talk about it for hours to be honest but yeah um, i'm no it's (laughs) it's it's crazy i could too i could too but anyways yeah man i will um switch it up a little bit um, I wanted yeah. to dive more back in towards your own music and stuff like that. Um, in terms of your approach to production and writing, like it seems, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you have like a really fun kind of creative approach to sampling. Um, mm-hmm. And if you your records like Like and Candela, your latest one, um, they have like a really fun kind of, you know, it feels like it's got that old school vibe to it, but it also kind of is in a new context. So yeah, do you want to dive into your production process uh, a bit for us yeah um it's fucking different every time literally yep. so different every time it's all over the place but um it can vary so like and mm. timing and like 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 during the i would say because i have a lot of sample house shit that i made in yeah. the last like two years but then i go through these phases of like just trying to make other stuff and yeah. other other vibes so um but really it really just varies i mean whatever like inspires me like i'll hear a sample in the car like driving on the radio or something or or just going through youtube or or playlists and like i just think like i just look in uh, in regards to sampling at least um i just look for things that can be identifiable that are yeah. like especially when you have more live music. Cause I feel like that's what people tend to sample a lot or they sample mm. a vocal, but yeah. like when it comes to like the full track or like stuff like that, you just got to find something that, that is really catchy um, that yes. you could almost hum or sing um, as well. And then, you know, you can build all around it. I think I have a video on my TikTok about like how I made like, you know, very quickly. I, I have a video about it, but cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it just varies every time because sometimes I hear a bass line and then I write around, then I take, make drums and I mouth out the bass line on my iPhone and then um, I try to transcribe it on the keys and then yeah. I can do that or I'll play it on on the keyboard or um, I get a bunch of live musicians actually to play stuff like um, yeah. in, in Candela, that was actually a live recorded song um, um, by the, this, the co-producer on the song. Um, um, Nick Seeley and then this guy um, Harry Romero, Romero um, he cool. they they had made like like I work with a lot of sample makers and sometimes I make samples and send them to other producers like like for pop music and rap music and whatever else I make mm. and we'll send each other ideas because like sometimes it's fun to work from like something start like that was started so uh, the original Candela was like just some sample that Nick and Harry made. And that was at like 160 BPM. And I actually like pitched it up and then slowed it down. And then I took the, uh, Nick sent me the stems and I ended up, uh, like completely flipping the track on its head. Cause like it, it it felt a little different. I think the sax, uh, or sorry, the, the trumpet, um, was, uh, over the vocal at some point. I don't remember. I have to listen back to it, but okay. um, I rearranged like the sounds and like chopped up stuff to make better, like, like, um, like fills for the drums and, 
Um, nice. But a lot of those, like the drum fills and stuff, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're all live, um, yeah. which is dope. But but um, sometimes like I make a sample and then I just chop it up myself. Like I just like yeah. get a bunch of musicians in the room and, you know, I do that. But um, I don't really like have an ego when it comes to making music as long as it sounds yeah. dope. And I know what the Novador sound is like. So like I'm going to be the one finishing that. Um, mm. and, and, and getting that to the place, unless like I'm really collaborating with somebody and you know, whatever happens, like it was like a two artist collab, like producer thing. But, but yeah. other than that, um, um, for Novador, I'll be finishing everything if that, or, um, I just started all on my own and I just do it by myself. Like with like, like I just thought to do that myself and did the track myself and then um, yeah. got, got the sample replayed. Um, um uh by replay heaven so yeah um yeah so yeah nice man yeah no i think um i like what you said yeah you don't have an ego about your approach to making music that's key i think because you just gotta yeah i think at the end of the day a producer makes you know whatever whatever they get to the end result they're looking for with whatever way is is good for that you know and i think if you're using a sample if you're you know, using other musicians and collaborating that way or if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, like splice samples or whatever it is that helps yeah. you get to that that end result. Because um, cause it's just you're making music. That's that's the end, end goal. And, yeah, I think a lot of people get too caught up in I have to do it this way or I have to do it that way. And um, I, I for me, when I stopped thinking like that, that really helped me be a lot more creative and make better way better music as well like you can just yeah you don't have any of these expectations placed on yourself as an artist you can just do whatever and and see what works kind of thing so i think that's great man yeah yeah 100 percent. and i you know i just i love uh i have a vision for this novador project and i you know want to like do that but also if i'm collaborating with people like I have no problem, you know, I, I, I kind of get, it's like funny, like certain DJs or other people like won't credit other producers or people that work on their music and right. we can say ghost producers, but I mean, yeah. you know, it's not really ghost. Like they're like, they're so like, I have so much respect for the DJs that do get part of their productions ghosted because like, it takes a lot to run these things. Like it doesn't, it's not just like, there. I think there's two levels. Do you either want to be like, local dj or not local dj but but dj like playing small clubs and that's it like and i don't i think everybody's down with that but i think everybody has bigger aspirations right and like everyone needs help like everyone needs help like a hundred percent there's no yeah yeah i think you know and like i think one of the most valuable things if you're a producer i think i think cashmere said this um I think maybe when he was on he was on our podcast a while ago, but um he he said like one of the oh no I think he actually said this in another in another video but he's like one of the best things a producer can do early on is find like a vocalist to collaborate with frequently, um mm-hmm. because it's like you know if you're a producer and you can't sing you know then like which is probably likely because you're good at production and and not a good singer then then you need to find that person to work with who can fill that gap. Um, in a good way like that's that's an example where it's like don't let your ego get in the way like start working with people early or whatever like that like that's something i've had to overcome over the years of production and stuff like that is just you know working with vocalists more working with other people for sure like yeah yeah and and just like trying new things because like i would say um i learned how to make music through bees knees and like that was my learning experience but I didn't fully um I didn't fully like grasp my strengths and my weaknesses until I did all genres and I do that now and I can do certain things better than others but yeah I can kind of become a Swiss army knife and like where other DJs come and ask me to work with them to do stuff you know mm. and and they're down to work with me and other artists and other like people without me having to have like crazy numbers because they know they they know that i know what i'm doing like i'm not gonna sit there and waste our time to just like mm. make us a, a tra- like a track like i was working with this uh i was working with dances with white girls the other week and 
you know, sometimes the, he was explaining like, and I wouldn't have known this if I hadn't been producing for other artists before, but like, and experienced this myself and, and made those mistakes. Cause you like fall forward. You gotta, you gotta learn by doing so. Yep. yep. Like, uh, he was just like, yeah, it's annoying. Sometimes like I go in the studio with some like house producers or people that only make dance music and they're searching for a kick for, um, two hours and I can't write the song and Mm -hmm. I can't. And then they want me to, or they want me to just like, they want to give me a track and then just do my thing on it. And it's like, why don't we just make this together and like learn to make a song from scratch. And we can always like change the idea once we started it and wrote it. But, but like, write the song out but the song should be the most important thing like even if it's um you have a two-line vocal in a song that that's still going to be the most catchy thing most likely with the cool beat obviously but that's gonna like take it to the next level you know and Mm. knowing like what works for everything and that Mm. takes time with learning production for all genres i think and working with all kinds of different artists or songwriters or like like yeah. I don't know. I I I learned that, you know, and it took me years. It 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 really took me yeah. years. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, are you familiar with like the 80/20 rule? I think like it's it's this like kind of I think it's from economics or something like that, but applied to music, like often I find like the 20% of the work you do when you're making a tune results in like 80% of the end result. And as you mentioned, like finding that 2 you know note hook or whatever like that like that small element often is like the most important part of the track and all this other stuff that kind of surrounds that it's like it's important too but like you know don't like like you mentioned don't spend two hours finding a kick drum like it's a kick drum like as long as it punches and and has the right feel to it um then like change it later change it later yeah exactly Just 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 do whatever dude there's like a million kicks in the world like I like, know. <laughs> literally put a hundred kicks on that song. Try a hundred different kicks, but don't do it ruining the vibe for the whole everybody else yeah. in the room. Just just make it and have fun and and keep the energy. You know. Totally, man. Yeah, that's it's like you know that's kind of like when I go to mix down a tune. Like I do mix a lot of my own music. I like am so like bigger picture as well with it I, see, for me the end of this end of the song creation process is just like big picture stuff like okay the mm-hmm. song's there it's like i i will be happy to go and change a kick drum at that point i'll be happy to go layer in an extra snare it's like i'm not just going to tweak the the faders like i i will like do whatever is necessary to to yeah. get to the end result but yeah when you're in that first little bit of making the idea it's so crucial you move fast and and kind of get the main idea down like while you're in that flow state otherwise yeah you can quickly go on a tangent that's just going to ruin the creativity for sure yeah it's it's mm. definitely definitely interesting yeah man um definitely interesting doing that but you know you got to you got to find what works for you but just like don't ruin the vibe like yeah. just like do it and <laughs> just like Big. be cool be chill <laughs> yeah totally it's uh it's underrated man it's underrated um 100 and then yeah so now you've got uh you got f- a few tunes out as we mentioned a bit earlier so your your biggest tune to date was like as you mentioned a, a couple times um was that which was that out with ultra that tune yeah 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 we yeah. put that out with ultra Awesome. Uh, How did that one? That one's like I think one hundred and seventy thousand plays now. Like, what kind of contributed to the initial bump in streams for that one? Do you think? I don't know. You know, I think we we ran some campaigns, um, some third party playlisting, and yep. looking up stuff. I mean, there's a ton of services that yep. you can you can look into for that stuff. But, um, um, I would also just say just. You know the label promoting it. Um, um, a- Apple Music actually um, gave us some great, some great uh, editorial plays with that. I mean, awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't really know. Just other than that, just like sending it around and yeah. hopefully people listening to it. But um, there's like companies like uh, Playlist Supply, which um, a good yeah. friend of mine runs, and you can you know find tons of third party playlisting through that, and you know. Like I was saying, like this is where the reps kind of come in, where it's like if you yep. have good music and you send an email with good timing, then yeah, if you put out enough, like you'll there's like that 
you know, every hundred you should always get at least one percent back or whatever, or yeah, or, or whatever it is, or ten percent back. I forget the fuck what rule, but but like yeah, yeah, um, but like uh, you just gotta be constantly throwing stuff at the board and and doing stuff. I mean, I ran uh, some TikTok campaigns. Um, I you know we did some stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, trying, you know, just just trying stuff. I mean, uh me promoting on social media, getting other accounts mm-hmm. to post things, um, you know, people just liking it. I mean, I think like, again, like I was saying, like those, in- those initial bumps are great, but um, sometimes it might take a couple different things before something really gains a life or like uh, maybe a, a, a big TikTok trend ends up staying with it. I mean, it got on some TikToks that had like a few million, but, but yeah. nothing that was like, based around the music you know so sure uh but it just like i said just varies i think you know with everything totally i think like taking the same creative energy you have in writing a song you can apply that to the promotion of it too like yeah you have so many like creative ideas like oh i'm gonna like do an extra drum fill here or i'm gonna do like an extra like you know little little lead I don't know, like yeah. riff at the end of the bar here, you know, like those same things you're doing in the studio, like think like that in terms of like the lifespan of your release. It's like, oh, this time I'm going to try Facebook ads or, you know, this time I'm going to try yeah. like sending it to a few playlists and and I'm going to try this service instead of that service. And it's like each release is a new opportunity to have fun with it. Like even though, you know, not everyone's going to find maybe marketing and promotion as fun as the music writing process, I think you still can have fun with it. And I think there's a way that would work for each person, whether that's working with a label so that can kind of take that burden off you as a producer as well. But I still think there's a lot of fun you can have with the whole release schedule. Of course. And don't get me wrong, just because record labels have um, um, connections or like are able to pitch things to... Um, DSPs and YouTube, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah. Doesn't mean it's still going to get on there. I mean, yeah. like, like it, it took time before my music videos got started getting put onto MTV, but, yeah. but it wasn't because like they came out. It was because like once they come out, like people want to see a story as well. You can't just expect one song, two songs, mm-hmm. three songs, like, like tons of people. I mean, um, not everyone's the biggest fan of him, but Russ, uh, the rapper, like yeah. he, he put out tons of music before he like really blew up. And then his fans had all this stuff to go back to and listen to And You got to like treat mm-hmm. your catalog as its own entity. Like your, your back catalog. Like I I've been lucky to have a ton of music out in the world. So yeah. like, like I'm going to still do, do it all like that. I mean, at least for me, that's how I work. Um, and I'm yeah. lucky enough to be, to be able to make music every day. Um, not mm. everybody can. So, yeah. uh, uh, but, but yeah, it's one of those things where like, you just got to keep doing it. It's just, um, putting numbers on the board. Like it's like a weird, cause I keep saying that, but then I was also saying like against it, but, but, yeah. um, but it is both like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. I, I think like the, the reps is a good baseline though like if if you're doing the reps there is still more of a chance that something will happen rather than if you weren't putting anything out you know mm-hmm. um and and you know like very rarely and it does happen still um but very rarely does someone put out their very first song and it blows up like huge like these days especially yeah. under a new project like these people yeah. having at least 5 10 releases sometimes before you know you hit that one that does actually kind of get big and it's learning from each one and and adjusting each time and and being like, all right, what didn't work about this? What do I need to do next time? And and also just like you know, as we mentioned before, you need to have more opportunities for it to just be lucky, <laughs> for it just to yeah. be happening at the right time. Yeah, yeah, just you know, it's a it's a very interesting uh, like concoction of things that have to happen. And you know, I I know some talented people that haven't gotten success, and I know some. I don't think talented people get extreme <laughs> success. Yeah. So like, you don't know, you can't, you can't. Um, and also you, no one ever knows all like everything, not everything. Yeah. Most things we don't, we see aren't real. I just know that. Cause I know people that do the, the low key stuff. And I can tell you that like some people just, it's fake. Like 
like yeah. pe- you might see someone with a bunch of in- i mean we all know with instagram followers but even streams um yeah. everything yeah um, it's true you know yeah so man you can't compare yourself like no one should ever um yeah and it's all love you know yes like if you want to be the best you got to have a little competitiveness and yeah but but um um at the same time like we're all trying yeah it is definitely like you know you can't like shut everyone else off trying to have success you you have to you know be part of the community and that's what it's all about that's what music's all about at the end of the day right you know yeah yeah 100 percent. especially with the electronic music like everybody uh when you're at a festival when you're at a party whatever it is and and you want to you know you're you're seeing like one of your favorite artists there's like a bajillion people there that that's also their favorite artist and same with like music and stuff but i feel like even more with dance music like there's so much like love energy you know with electronic music fans for the most mm. part um i feel like it also in a lot of ways like transcends like even language barriers sometimes because because it's like it's all about like the feel of the music um which is really cool as well like even though there may be vocals and, and stuff like that like it's it is one of the most international it is genres it is. yeah it is because everybody's traveling everywhere to go to like things and mm. um like it's a lot more i think it's a little bit easier because like if you think like big bands and other stuff like like mm. they have to they have such big productions it's like they need to make sure that there's i don't know i with djing it's a little different like you can just yeah. hop on a plane show up somewhere and exactly leave and like that means you can probably like stay and be immersed in the culture and other things more where it's like with a band you gotta like you know, you gotta, if you're a vocalist, like you can't be talking all day. Like you have to be quiet because mm. you're going to be singing all night, super hardcore. And you have 30 dates on the tour. Like you can't just be out and about. You're going to lose your voice, you know, mm. um, that, and then you lose money. And you know, if you can't sing or play a show. So, yeah. um, um, with DJing, it's a little different. Like I think in that regard, but yeah, that's, that's very true. It's less you just friction. show up. You can just show up. <laughs> and then like yeah. you're immersed and like same with the like vacationers with dance music like just such international people like yeah they have like they get closer with the fans like djs and all that stuff yeah man uh, that's it's awesome um and yeah, you know now yeah now um back to your own stuff as well you've got uh your ep coming out on the 4th of november um which fifth 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 of november sorry yeah fifth of november uh i I got confused because you've also got with that you mentioned a four-part music video so do you want to tell us about that and what's coming up with um the release and stuff yeah um so every song i've put out so far has a uh music video that's gone with it and they actually Mm. all flow into each other if you watch them in succession so um uh uh yeah the fourth one drops as well on the ep release date i think for now we'll see what happens but um yeah so it should uh, and then there's a fourth and final song you know as well with the video and everything um and it's titled uh, open the novador and i can't wait to uh, unveil the artwork uh <laughs> i think it's awesome. pretty funny i think oh, it's cool. pretty good <laughs> nice yeah looking forward to it that's funny sorry i'm just like thinking about it i'm like yeah there's y'all are gonna i don't know i I, it might be a hit or miss (laughs) that's funny i just have so much fun doing this stuff at the end of the day i get to create fun shit so whatever yeah yeah no that's good man i think it comes back to that thing of like figuring out what your strengths are and what you enjoy and then just like yeah running with that and i think you've done that very well yeah 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 100 percent 100 percent. thank you i appreciate it that's awesome man um now looking forward to that uh and yeah do you have anything else coming up in the next you know six to 12 months uh that you you want to share or any plans you've got for nova door anything like that yeah um well a couple things I got a cool bunch of new music coming out with some cool artists soon, um, cool. which will be awesome. Um, and then, yeah, we have some more club records coming out after the EP. Um, nice. We are, I'm slated for uh, some definite, some 
club booty shaker groovers. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Other than that, um, just going to be doing more videos. Um, I got some really cool ideas, you know, brewing. Um, and I think they're freaking hilarious and fun and awesome and creative. And then, um, yeah. Um, if you are based in Los Angeles or anyone that is listening to this at this point, um, based in, the, in Los Angeles, I will be throwing uh, an EP release party out here um, in Los Angeles. So be on the lookout for that. And awesome. I'll definitely be yelling at the top of a mountain virtually on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> and, and TikTok and fucking, I don't know what else, but Facebook, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, but yeah, I'll be uh, having a party like that. And Nice. I wish I could come down under, but it's not happening <laughs> this moment. Yeah, not not anytime soon. Hopefully, things start to open up though. Definitely, yeah, uh, would be. I cool. have some friends out there. I got some nice. good friends out there. Some amazing artists. I, I have a ton of Australian artists and writers and people I know that are just phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, but you know, we're playing shows out here. Um, I if anybody's going to be um, in New York um, during NFT week, I will be out there, and then. Um, it's looking like, and then, uh, I should have another, I should, I have a couple things coming up, some low, more low key, whatever, but, uh, awesome. just be on the lookout for yeah, some shows and yep. yeah. Awesome, man. No, that's, uh, lots to look forward to. Let's look forward yeah. to. Yeah. Always working. Just always yeah. doing, doing shit, doing something. <laughs> I'm always doing fucking something. You know, whether I'm in my mankini or I'm in uh, a Walmart, you know, looking for my next outfit for a video um, yeah. or I'm making beats or something. I don't know. Or just yeah. chilling with my girlfriend. Yeah. Keeping it fun. <laughs> that's cool, man. I like that. Um, yeah. I do have one one last question that's kind of a bit of a fun one. Um, yeah. I ask everyone who comes on on the podcast this question because... I think it's it's interesting to hear everyone's response. So okay. basically, if you um, had a time machine and you could go into the past and change one mistake you made in music, etc., what do you think <laughs> that would be? I don't know. I mean, I okay. To be fair, I don't know if I would have actually made it on the TV. But I mean, I. Was t- I was DJing for Lil Dicky, and now he has this TV show, <laughs> and, <laughs> and on uh, on FX, and you know I was like, damn, maybe I should have stayed. No, but um, everything <laughs> happens for everything happens for a reason. My yes. answer to that is, everything happens for a reason, and mm. I honestly don't like think like that. I mean, if I had to for the sake of the question to just entertain you, yeah. Um, Hmm, let me think about this. Let it is a bit of a this. trick question, by the way, because I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't personally like I, I really am like, well, fuck, I made that decision. Well, yeah. whatever. It's my life. Like, maybe I'll get it on the next one, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, you know, but but um, um, no, I really like don't really look back like that. Um, mm. But I'm trying to think like something fun. Uh, I would say, you know, I, I'm not I'm not like doubting like the reasons why I should have ended bees knees for Mm. per se. Like if we're talking about with music, um, um, you know, there were like, I could have, I could have just adapted with the times and changed the sound for sure. And, you know, played some more shows, but also, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I also kind of like that. I had to end it because like, I felt so much personal pressure, you know, just like personal things I needed to like, let go of. Um, I think like anything I would just change is being a little bit more patient and okay with things like at the start yeah, and learning how to, you know, cope with that and like the ups and downs. Like I just sure. felt like I took stuff a little bit too much to heart uh, yeah. at a certain point. And now uh, I definitely like, you know, stuff happened today. And like whatever it happens, like sure, yeah, it's annoying, and I'll definitely tell my friend, like, "Hey, yo, dude, like we were supposed to work today, and then <laughs> you didn't answer me." Like, like yeah. I'll totally roast them, but I'm not sitting there like, "Screw them!" Like I'm over yeah. them. Like who do they think they are? Like, um, I'm just 
yeah, having having more empathy for myself and others. Cool. You know, not I don't I need like to that. relate to myself even when I know myself. Um, but I just need to be like, dude, you're good. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Being That's nice. cool, man. I like that. Yeah, of course. Awesome, man. Well, this has been super fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Got, went on some good tangents, which I always love, man. So um, appreciate you I'm taking a tangent. Time. Yeah. I'm a tangenter. <laughs> tangenter. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Where can people find you online if they want to follow you and stuff? Anything backslash Novador. N-O-V-O-D. O-R. Um, and then I think on TikTok, like it's all messed up, but it's like Novador 8, but like, you know, whatever, you'll be able to find me. Um, it'll be easy. But uh, other than that, and you know, I'll, I'll get TikTok on the phone. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, I'll uh, uh, and, and anything with Novador in it, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, um, or you could check out Bees Knees if you wanted to listen to tunes there. You know, I yep. have some catalog there. Awesome. You know, you can Google me and find out what music I produce for people and all that junk. I mean, I don't really like to talk about it like that, but but you know, you can find, figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. pun intended to blue, but <laughs> but uh. <laughs> uh, awesome, man. Um, cool. I'll leave all those links in the description as well, so everyone can go check that out. But um, yeah, man, this has been a pleasure. Yeah, for pleasure, Aiden. I thanks for taking the time to talk. You know, uh, I appreciate it because I'm talking at you. I feel, and no, I'm kidding, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. Of course.